I will not make excuses to defend the prejudices or opinions of Mr. Lovecraft. But I will say that his writing, which inspired so many people, never would have existed if he had been any other way. Knowing Mr. Lovecraft was an exercise in acceptance. I learned to accept the insignificant part that we as humans play in this vast cosmos. He learned to accept my friendship despite our ethnic differences. And together, we learned that we will die just like everyone else. You are listening to Share a Slice with Sean. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Share a Slice with Sean. On this show, I'm happy to have on Fabian Rush. Now, Fabian is a musician. He's also a filmmaker. And one of the films that he's made, the most recent one, actually, is Fatagen, rock opera of doom. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, the movie really is a tribute to H.P. Lovecraft. So we're going to be delving a little bit into H.P. Lovecraft and what's Lovecraftian and how this has influenced Fabian throughout the, the years, really. So without further ado, let's talk about Fatagen, the rock opera of doom with Fabian. The first time I ran into you actually is... Uh, I can't even remember where I saw uh, a link to this rock opera. I think it might have been... Um, I follow um, a uh, subreddit about Cthulhu and Lovecraft, and uh, so I must have seen it there. They posted okay. it there. And, uh, I mean, this movie that I saw, it's called... And you're going to really have to help me with the pronunciation here. It's... Uh, it's Fatangin Rock Opera of Doom, full movie. Yes. Can, can yeah. you, I'll let you do it. You might have a better go Well, that. I will say that, yes, the name is Fatangin Rock Opera of Doom. <laughs> uh, the, the, the extra Z O in Doom is, you're supposed to drop your voice there as low as it can go. Okay, Doom. Yeah. I can't do yeah. it. We'll, <laughs> I'll have to do this in post. So. Uh, honestly, well, the thing is, uh, according to Lovecraft, no one should be able to pronounce the word Fatagan either. Uh, same thing with Cthulhu. It's not a human word. You have to be a deep one. You have to have a whole different kind of mouth to really say it properly. So, so technically, almost anything you say is kind of, it's as good as a human can do. Oh, yeah, that's, I mean, I'll take your word for it. To be honest, um, I've always kind of been living with Cthulhu being in the background. I'll, I'll, I'll actually be frank with, I didn't really hear about Cthulhu or Lovecraft um, until recently. Actually, I'll correct that. I, it's one of those things where you hear about it, mm -hmm. and it's mentioned, but no one, like, it just kind of lives in an alternate reality where, where I, I just, no one ever explained it to me. So I just run into it every once in a while. Yeah. And, you know, it's almost uh, taken for granted and just seen as a regular part of the day, if, especially if you're into horror or anything. You never really have to read anything about Cthulhu to kind of have a sense that it's a Godzilla-like giant monster and you just kind of you just kind of get it and you move on uh until you until somebody really sits you down and explains 
it all. Yeah, there's there's much more than that. People usually have a you know a picture of this monster with sort of squid like tentacles all over the place, yeah. and you just you know you just like oh it's like Gamera or something. It's just this thing that goes and attacks people. But uh, yeah, let's actually back up a bit. So you made this movie, and it is fantastic in its sort of campiness. I'll I'll be frank. Oh, like, thank it, you so much. It yeah. it is it is glorious, and I really, if you haven't already, I I would. I would pitch it to maybe OSI 74. It's this channel online and they play a lot of stuff sort of like that. Oh, yeah, okay. I would do oh, that. Oh, that's always good to hear. Yeah, I'd need to make a little list of, of such things. Yeah. And and so, but let's back up. So this, this movie, it is like a tribute to H.P. Lovecraft. Yes. Okay, so tell me a little bit about H.P. Lovecraft. Who was this guy? What would he, What did he do? Well, H.P. Lovecraft was, uh, he's born in 1908, and he, he, I guess, lived in the shadow of Edgar Allan Poe, uh, in that he, you know, he's living in this world of other great writers, and he was uneducated himself, uh, spent all of his time at home in attics, he had a library up in his attic, and he was very sickly, and he had a kind of a psychotic controlling mother his father died so his actual life was really kind of tragic but the things he wrote were uh, cutting edge and, and I would say that he's the father the father of modern science fiction and horror uh, his ideas were on such a level that you just hadn't seen it uh, before and it's and a lot of his ideas are actually things that I'm starting to see take a little more form uh, today, uh, well over a hundred years later. So it's it's kind of funny um, how many films you said everybody just kind of knows the word Cthulhu and stuff like that. Well, uh, that's how I discovered H.P. Lovecraft. Is basically all of my favorite horror movies somehow are connected to his writings. Uh, so he wrote these things, which he thought were horrible. He hated his own writing. Uh, he was very critical of himself. And, and it wasn't until after he died that other people started publishing more of his work. And of course, he did get his publishings made in uh, pulp magazines, but they were never really respected the way they are now. Yeah. And, and I mean, what is the... So you have Cthulhu. I mean, he really, mm -hmm. he really kind of almost devised an entire pantheon, right? Yes. Yeah. So exactly, it's an entire universe, really, that that uh, he he brought forth of uh, just, I, 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 based on the aesthetic, I can see it's like a universe of, of si sort of dark and 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 kind of slimy uh, sea creature like. I, am mm -hmm. I close? Yes. Well, it's good that you started with the word universe, because ultimately, kind of tying this back to who Lovecraft was himself, he, um, because he was this shut-in, and he was also extremely xenophobic, uh, terrified of, of foreigners, uh, people of different ethnic backgrounds, so many things, that I think a lot of his writing, almost, uh, even though it involved monsters, really described his thoughts of the world around him. So... Uh, he, I think he probably had a really big problem with fish. But uh, in addition to that, uh, the whole universe uh, and this whole pantheon uh, 
all the characters, yeah, they they have their names and their they have their their different things that they do to humans or or how they drive you mad. But ultimately, <clears throat> I think his story is. Uh, if I were to sum up everything he wrote, it's all about how uh, how irre- irrelevant the human race is, uh, how we are these insignificant beings in this massive cosmos uh, that is lorded over by extremely powerful creatures that are com- completely indifferent to us. And and if they were to encounter us, it, it's not that they would hunt us down and kill us all. It's that they just wouldn't even really care that we're there and they would step on us and not give it another thought. Uh, so he, he felt perhaps very little in his life. And that really kind of shows through in his stories. And he just created a bunch of off-the-wall monsters to, to paint that story and tell, tell it. It kind of reminds me almost of some sort of inverse, co- like Cosmos, inverse uh, Carl Sagan, where Carl Sagan saying, oh, you know, the Earth is just like this little moat of dust. Uh, you know, we're just tiny and insignificant and the rest of the universe is fantastic and wonderful. Uh, yeah. But where he was coming from, a like, I mean, Carl Sagan is like the epitome of an optimist. It seems uh-huh. like uh, maybe H.P. Lovecraft was was the epitome of uh, of the opposite. Right. And you know, it's interesting. I'm a big fan of Carl Sagan as well. And what's interesting is that they're really saying the same thing. Uh, it's it's that Carl Sagan, yes, described Earth as so tiny and so small. So he acknowledged the same thing as Lovecraft. And then he kind of ends it in that great speech he gave by saying, and that's why it's so much more important for us all to love one another and all that stuff. So he had a nice message on the end of his so the difference between him and Lovecraft really is that Lovecraft said, well, what if the universe isn't nice? Uh, we're the same insignificant thing, but what if, uh, what if the universe was so horrible that to have any true understanding of it would actually drive you mad and probably drive you to suicide? Yeah, and actually it was his own mother, I read, that she was actually um, committed into a into a psychiatric hospital. So yes. it, it, the, the whole story, uh, you know, could roll into a movie of his entire life. Yeah. I'm surprised nobody's ever made one <laughs> of him. Yeah, I, you would you would think so. I mean, again, I guess I'm kind of conspiratorial or something, but it, I just find it really surprising how everybody seems to sort of know who this guy is, but then yeah. they don't. Like, they hear about yeah. it, but they don't. It's like it's, it was always something where I would hear about it, I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I got to read that. But then I, but then it just sort of fades away. Yeah. It's kind of strange. It's, you know, it's kind of like the UFO conspiracy where, uh, people, oh, we don't want to ever say that we were, we saw a UFO or, or that we were abducted by aliens or anything like that, because then there's that whole ridicule thing. And it's almost like you can run into that same kind of thing with Lovecraft, a uh, different kind of ridicule because he, um, I guess nowadays, a lot of people will look at, uh, they'll read something that somebody else wrote about him and say, oh, he was racist. I, you know, let's not support that. Let's let's go in a different direction. I bet there's another great writer from that time. And so it's very quick and easy. Um, not saying that this is what happened with you, but in general, I guess Lovecraft isn't talked about much. 
even within the genre. Uh, and recently, uh, I've read about uh, James Cameron and Guillermo del Toro trying to make a film version of At the Mountains of Madness, and it fell through. Uh, and I guess Holly is, Hollywood has kind of decided... We, uh, well, we don't really want to make a Lovecraft movie because they're, it's going to end in such a depressing way. And so just all these, uh, it's a strange kind of conspiracy because there, there are not many movies that are very true to what he wrote. And yet there are tons of movies out there that borrow from his work. Uh, like one of my favorite all-time films is uh, the Evil Dead series and the Army of Darkness. Oh yeah, uh, and that and the the Necronomicon is in there, and the Necronomicon is was invented by Lovecraft, and and then uh, gosh, there I. You know, when Cloverfield first came out, I thought, oh, my God, are they making a Cthulhu movie like this? And then it turned out not to be. So, But there are so many movies out there that borrow just a little piece of something he wrote. Uh, and I think, like the Necronomicon, it's just easy. Uh, you have a book of ancient evil wisdom that if you read from it, then you can conjure demons. So that's a really easy plot device you can throw into any movie without much explanation. And everybody, just like the name H.P. Lovecraft or Cthulhu, everybody's kind of heard of the Necronomicon. And so the book seems more real than... Uh, it's, it's funny how the book has almost been made real at this point. You can go into any Barnes & Noble and kind of pick up one. Uh, so it's, it's a weird kind of thing he created and, and where, the, where we've taken it in terms of the entertainment industry. Yeah, and uh, actually when it comes to the Necromicon, Necromont, Necronomicon. Yes, he had to put and name it like that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, I mean, back when I was just a wee little Wiccan, I was like, uh, you know, in that scene for a while. I always uh -huh. would walk into the little witch shop and I, you know, get my, uh, get all my various implements, my accoutrement, my, uh, you know, uh, incense and what have you. And I'd always see the Necrom, oh my God. Necronomicon <laughs> there in the yes. shelf. And I always like, oh, that's kind of interesting, you know, and I, but I would never really get it. So, and it's, it is kind of interesting how much is sort of based on, on Lovecraft. And, and actually, what about you? I mean, when did you actually first discover H.P. Lovecraft? How long have you known about his work? Well, that's, I guess, kind of the crazy thing. I've, his, it was his derivative works that led me to his actual work. Um, and so when I first started, I guess I read probably The Call of Cthulhu uh, for the first time when I was in high school. That's back in 1998. So I, um, so that was the first time I actually sat down and read something of his. Um, so it, it had been a while, and even back then, I didn't see what the big deal was. I thought, oh, yay, big monster, because I hadn't made the connection to the rest of his work or ultimately what he was trying to say in his work. And so I read it, just the one story. I moved on. I wasn't all that impressed. And then it was later that I started tying all of my favorite movies to his work. So I revisited it and then I, I was amazed by what I was seeing. Um, for example, my, my favorite movie growing up in the 80s was Aliens. And I loved Alien as well. And so that 
actually is a derivative work of Lovecraft. Uh, you look at uh, the creature design for Alien itself, and that alien, I consider one of the most beautiful monsters I've ever seen. And that creature was designed by, uh, I think he's Swiss, H.R. Giger, who passed away a, a couple years ago. And he, that creature design was taken by the creators of Alien, Dan O'Bannon, all of them, and Ridley Scott, and <clears throat> used for the film. And that creature design came from his book, Necronomicon, uh, which he was also very much inspired by Lovecraft. So there are all these little derivative works, Alien, and uh, gosh, and I don't even know if I'm going to be able to think of all of them now. Uh, but so many little pieces like that, your favorite movies, can all kind of be tied to him in one way or another. It's kind of like those uh, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, uh, of, of horror. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so let's talk about the movie. So the movie itself, uh, just for the aesthetique, it's... Um, mm -hmm. So it's live action shots of you. You're you're the principal character in the in the movie, and and you actually spend the uh, the entire movie with this kind of outrageous accent during, during yes. the entire yeah. thing. And uh, you, I mean, you superimpose that on top of um, mostly, I mean, mostly computer generated stuff. Yes, yeah, I think it was all yeah, it was all computer generated backgrounds because um, I. Well, when you don't have a lot of money to begin with, you have to kind of cut whatever corners you can. And uh, for me, uh, virtual worlds is, is kind of a big thing. I uh, didn't have a lot going into it, but you can do video game design on uh, extremely cheap. Uh, so all those backgrounds, they're pretty much like video game stock free kind of video game backgrounds and elements. I mean, you're also, you brought in a lot of musicians into this, like a lot of yeah. really amazing kind of like, uh, what would, what would this be like industrial kind of hard rock or where does this play? Well, I'm, I'm in a industrial hard rock band myself. Mm -hmm. And so I guess I know a lot of people that kind of travel within those circles in the goth community and stuff like that. So that was kind of my, uh, what music I had to choose from, from the people I knew would do stuff with me for free so uh so because i i, I went into this with a five thousand dollar budget and uh so i couldn't really afford to bring in some of the people i had in mind but uh so i decided oh, i'm gonna keep it local and then i actually i did get a few international uh people involved uh that heard about the project over facebook and i was doing a call for guest uh guest bands and a guy out in Germany uh, uh, reached out to me and uh, sent me some really great tracks. And that's actually uh, what I used at the very end of the movie for the closing credits. Your band, is that that's called Synthetic Nightmare? Yes. The band started in 2004. Um, I I joined in 2006. Uh, to uh, they they were having a little bit of a lineup change and needed a new vocalist. 
And so I came in. I've always been, I guess, good at screaming <laughs> and, and sounding evil. So I, uh, so they brought me on, and it's been a party ever since. Yeah, actually, I saw the video. I saw you were wearing a couple of horns with... Uh, and you, you know, you you had the whole the whole outfit up on, you know, the sort of a what was a black uh, kind of uh, uh, kind of um, matrix type uh, outfit, uh, the whole deal. Okay, yeah, yes, that we that was a one a fun show in particular. We, I, yeah, we love playing out. We're kind of a party band, like an evil party band. Um, yeah, that that outfit, I guess, was kind of inspired by the Cenobites from Hellraiser. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing the horns uh, for a long time before I joined the band. Uh, I was raised Catholic, and I didn't agree with a lot of my the mentality right, behind right. what I was going to church to learn. So I decided to go in a very different direction. And the horns just became a regular part of what I'd wear out to clubs and stuff. And it went over well, so it, then it just kind of ended up going to the band. I saw on your Facebook, actually, you have a DVD releases of your movie now. Yes. And so where are they available? Like, uh, where are you able to get those? Right now, it's only on Facebook. And uh, so I, I guess I've done the post to a few Facebook pages uh, uh, that you can that you can just kind of PayPal me. I haven't done a larger, more official kind of release yet because... Uh, shortly after putting the movie out there, I was contacted by a, a distributor who is wanting is interested in putting it out worldwide. Uh, so I'm kind of in a holding pattern at the moment, but I figure I'm still going to have my DVDs available uh, to people who have dug enough to kind of find it. Yeah, and that goes along well with the whole theme of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. You got to do a little diggling, digging before you find out what this Cthulhu thing is all about. And then you, exactly. you just hit the gold mine after that. Right. You do a little digging. And the other thing I had in mind with the DVDs is that uh, because I'm in this industrial band, uh, we're going to start, we're going to be playing uh, songs from the movie. And so I figure I'd be, I'd love to just sell DVDs right at the concert. That way I don't have to keep duplicating them. They'll just be like a, a finite number of them that I can sell off. And then there will be the version that came out before the movie was distributed and all that special kind of stuff. And then there may be special features uh, added on later. And who knows from there, I just kind of leave it loose, but I'm definitely intending to take these two to the live shows. Beautiful. So, um, uh, do you have any other further projects other than the band and the, uh, and the DVDs you're working on? Yes. I'm always working on movies. Uh, it's, a almost constant obsession. I start, I made my first feature film uh, back in 2002 uh, called So Mort It Be. And it was uh, basically about this guy who falls in love and pursues this woman who he later finds out is the leader of a man-killing cult. <laughs> and it's so it's another really campy comedy. Um, so that one I put out, uh, Brain Damage Films, uh, out in Texas, I believe, distributed that one worldwide. And so my first feature, uh, completely done independently, got picked up and went out uh, to parts of the world I may never see. And I thought, how awesome. So I felt really good. It was great for me. So I went on to make my second feature, which was 
supposed to be more serious, but I it was my first delve into the world of trying to use green screen. And I had just seen Sin City, uh, the, the first movie I'd ever seen that was completely shot in front of a green screen. And uh, I thought, well, I could do that. <laughs> and so I made the science fiction film <laughs> called Pantheon Black that uh, is, I think it's available out there somewhere. It's probably available still on Amazon Prime or Amazon.com. Uh, so I made an attempt to make this uh also, this is a project, Pantheon Black, I did before I knew much about H.P. Lovecraft, and that was a huge project that I now know is extremely like something he would write, um, a movie about um, the ancient dark gods of the universe uh, being discovered by humans, and then the humans then having to, d to survive. And the whole thing takes place on the human space station. And so it was looking back on it, it's a very Lovecraftian kind of story. And then, um, of course, that took me many, many, it took me a long five years to finish that movie and something like $18,000. So when that movie was done, I told myself I would, I didn't want to make any more movies because shooting movies entirely in front of green screen, it was a nightmare and having to create so many backgrounds just drove me nuts. And then uh, it was, I guess it was kind of stupid because that movie, I spent all this time and effort developing the skill of working a green screen that by the time I was done with the movie, I was actually good at it and didn't want, it's kind of funny to get good at something and then never want to do it again. So I took a little break from filmmaking and came back with a project that was much simpler, but more silly. Yeah. Called Alien Face Bashers. Um, and Alien Face Bashers is a YouTube series, so anybody could watch it. Uh, I have DVDs of that for sale, but it uh, was essentially about uh, uh, alien abductees that were in a support group uh, just talking to one another, and they eventually become a bit of a club that uh, they gather each night in whoever's house that is to be abducted that night because it happens so often they can kind of foresee when it's going to happen <laughs> and the group would hide in the closet with baseball bats and when the aliens come to abduct the people the people would hop out of the closet and beat them over the head and then take them prisoner and keep them in a storage facility uh, just you know like a typical u-haul storage facility so uh so that was a fun kind of goofy project that's just kind of out there that anybody could watch and uh i get yeah photog and rock opera of doom is the uh is the one that's falling directly after alien face bashers and i've got a few more ideas that i'm already starting to kick around fabian uh thanks so so much for being on the show oh absolutely this is a pleasure I'd like to thank Fabian for being on the program today, and I'd like to encourage you to visit his movie, The Rock Opera of Doom. That would be Fatagen. Um, there'll be a link in the show notes, and I'll also be providing links to all of his stuff as well there. And um, also, I'd like to encourage you to go to shareslicepodcast.com, where you can read those notes, and you can also subscribe via um iTunes which I guess is called uh, Apple Podcasts now 
and also uh, via Android phones as well. I'd like to thank you all for listening to the program. Uh, This was the second year of the show, and I'd like to encourage you to listen in the future. We're going to have a lot of really cool guests. So thanks so, so much for listening, and I hope you'll be back next time. Oh, hey, Abdul. It's great to see you. It's great to see you, too. It has been too long. At least three millennia. Three millennia? It's a long time. So tell me, what have you been doing with yourself? Same as ever, just singing into the abyss and keeping these demons asleep. You want to hear what I've been working on? I would love to. All right. Please.